of God. It is another day that the Lord has made, and let us be glad in it. Amen. Saints of God, I want to turn our attention, amen, to the book of Psalms. Psalm 107. The book of Psalms. Psalm 107. Amen. The book of Psalms, Psalm 107, starting at verse 1, you'll find these words. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy 
and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. I just want to talk to you from the thought for just a few minutes that his mercy endureth forever. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Saints of God, when we look at the book of Psalms, it is one colorful set of Psalms, amen, from the books of poetry. The books of poetry. The books of poetry consist of Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, amen, and the book of Lamentation. But most of the time, Lamentations, amen, is also attributed to Jeremiah, so it is treated as a book of prophecy. But you must also add in the book of Ecclesiastes, the, the book of Ecclesiastes as a book of poetry. But if you look at the rhythm of the book of Lamentations, you will see the same poetic rhythm in Lamentations as you do in these books of poetry. Yet they are attributed as a book of prophecy. So we find ourselves, we're looking at a book of poetry. Amen. And in so many of the Psalms, there is exuding of praise. You must know, saints of God, that you have been saved. Last week we talked about rejoicing because you're saved. Not because you do great works, not because you got a good job, not because your children are doing fine, not because you're doing fine, but because you're saved. You got to remember that Jesus, amen, would probably cause those disciples to take a big swallow. When they came back so excited and so exuberant about the whole idea that even the demons were subject to them. And Jesus told them, no, that's not why you ought to be rejoicing. You ought to be rejoicing because your name is written in heaven. See, I, on last week we talked about this whole idea too is that when you keep your focus on the fact that your name is written in heaven, you can always be rejoicing. Because if you start to rejoice off of results in the world, amen, your rejoicing can end up going up and down. I mean, one day, amen, you can be popping on all cylinders. Everything you do seems like you got the Midas touch and everything turns to gold. But then the next day, it seems like nothing's going right. Everything you're trying to do seems to be going wrong. Everybody's mad, upset with you, no matter what you seem to do, and then your joy goes with it. But when you rejoice because your name is written in heaven, amen, your rejoicing does not, is not affected on whether you are bounding or whether you are basic. And the psalmist here, amen, actually comes back with that very same thought. Amen, look at the text. The psalmist says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. He says, make sure that you don't forget to thank the Lord, not because you've been good, that you have had a reason 
in meritocracy to be granted any special favors from God, but no, simply because God himself and all by himself is good. But you know what, that's all right, because if I had to praise because I was good, that would be an up and down praise too. Because sometimes I'm good and sometimes I'm bad, amen. Amen. And if I look at the whole thing and it's in entirely, I have fallen short of the glory of God anyway. So my praise is going to be short. But if I'm praising because of the characteristics and attributes of God, then I'm always going to be praising because he never changes. He's not capricious. He's not sometimey. Amen. He don't have mood swings. Amen. But he's good. He's good and there's nothing else in him but good. So if we give thanks to the Lord because he is good, we will always have a thankful heart. But this psalm is a psalm of exuberance and praise. This is a psalm which lets the believers know that in order to give thanks to the Lord, you got to say something. You can't, you know, I hear about this quiet praise and this silent praise. Well, I don't know how biblical that really is. Because if you look at the Bible and you see where the Lord says praise him, he talks about the fruit of his lips. And he talks about all of these things where we have to express it, not only with our mouths, but also with our members. Amen. God wants us to lift up our hands and open our mouths and give him praise. Just sitting looking good, that's not what he's looking for. He's looking for a people who does not mind lifting him up with their voice and with their bodies. Does not mind shouting, saying, thank you, Lord. Does not mind lifting up their hands and does not mind giving him praise. Does not mind not having a mouth and a face that's all down like you got some reason to be sad when the Lord been so good and saved your soul. Amen. When you weren't thinking about God, God was thinking about you. Amen. It is a rejoicing. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. And look at the text. It says, for his mercy endureth forever. Saints of God, if you really stop long enough to think about what that statement is really saying, not only is God good, but God's mercy endureth forever. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, when I look at myself in the life that I have lived, I know what I really deserve. See, I really deserve to be in a bed in hell. Amen. Burning for eternity. But his mercy endures forever. We talked about mercy this morning in Sunday school. We talked about mercy as being that attribute of God and that action of God where he prevents us from getting what we should get. So mercy prevents us from getting what we do deserve and grace gives us what we don't deserve. So every baptized born again believer ought to be shouting right here and saying thank you Lord that his mercy endures forever. Because every one of us ought to be smoking right now. But God's mercy, because he's been so good, amen, he desired mercy instead of punishment. And God made a way out of no way through his darling son, Jesus Christ, sent him down through 42 generations, marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall, sent him down to Via Della Rosa, outside the walls of Jerusalem to a place called Gargoth's Hill. 
And Sister Butler and Gargus was healed. They put nails in his hands and they put nails in his feet and they lifted him up and he died for you and for me. And for that reason, I got to say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Because if he had not died for us in our place, we would have had to pay a payment that we didn't have enough money to pay for. Amen. And so because Jesus paid the entire price for us, we see God's mercy on a people who deserved hell and damnation, but have gained heaven and eternity. Amen. So we look at the text and it says in verse 2, after you come to the evaluation and come to the realization that God is good and he's good all by himself and that he has a mercy that doesn't go for just a little while. He has a mercy that just doesn't go until you make him mad. That he doesn't have a mercy that just goes till it gets 100 degrees outside. He got a mercy that goes beyond if it's 50 or 20 or 25 degrees. He's not based on situational systems. Whether you got bad government, amen, or you've got all kind of scandal in the world, his mercy still endureth forever. His mercy is not predicated on what man does. His mercy is predicated on his own goodness. And for that reason alone, you ought to say thank you, Lord. For that reason alone that you know that his mercy is going to be his mercy tomorrow. His mercy is going to be his mercy the day after that and the day after that because his mercy endures forever. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, but that makes me happy on the inside. To know that no matter what happens, that God's mercy is still working on my behalf. See, sometimes we get too used to God, amen? We get to where we get comfortable in the realities of what God is doing for us and we take God for granted. But the reality is if we look back on our lives and we see where we once were and we think about how we were when God saved our soul, when we realized that God had taken us out of the darkness into the marvelous light, we had a zeal for God and an excitement that made a difference in our lives, amen. But as the years go by, we get quiet on God. As the years get by, we get so used to God and we just, God is just routine. But God ought never be routine in our lives. God ought never have a day that we don't shout hallelujah. There ought never be a day that we don't say thank you, Jesus. There ought never be a day that we don't give him praise because his mercy endureth forever. The text says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This is a saying thing, y'all. You got to open your mouth and give God his due. And those of us who redeem, nobody can say it like you and me. Nobody else understands this like we do. Amen. What it means to be redeemed. What it means to have your mind changed and your body rearranged in such a way that now you don't look at the world the way you used to. You don't go where you used to go. You don't say what you used to say. Amen. Because God has redeemed you. That there was a payment that the debt was too big for you to pay. The zeros were too many. You knew if you worked for a lifetime, you could not pay it all. And that God redeemed you. That he paid the debt that you couldn't pay. Let the redeemed say so. Let the redeemed say, thank you, Lord, for your mercy endureth forever. See, that's how we ought to be. We ought to be waking up 
with thank you on our minds. We ought to be waking up saying, thank you, Lord, for your mercy endures forever. Well, you look at the text and you see whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Do you know that before God saved us, that we were in the hand of the enemy? That we were in the enemy's camp? That we was in his concentration camp? That he could do whatever he wanted to us when he got ready? He could send us here and there and everywhere. We end up in spots we got no business being, doing stage stuff we didn't have no business doing. Amen. And guess what? We thought we were doing it, but it was the enemy working on our inside and working with our minds to have us doing which we didn't have the power not to do. Do you realize that because of the redeeming power of the Lord, he snatched us out of the enemy's hand. We're no longer prisoners of war, but we're in the safety and the auspices of God Almighty. The greatest army that could ever be is the army of the Lord. And by no means will the army of our enemy be overtaking the army of the Lord. Do you understand how safe you are in the arms of Jesus? How safe we are under the tent of refuge of God? That ought to make us say, thank you, Lord. That ought to make us redeem the Lord and say, thank you, Lord, because you've been so good. Thank you for keeping me all night long. Thank you. Because I didn't deserve it, but Lord, you're so good. That ought to get us in that mode. We ought to be shouting. Folk ought to be thinking we have crazy because we're so happy and so overjoyed. Because we see something that the world cannot see. And that's the redemption of the Lord. Look at the text. And God was so gracious and his, his grace was so prevalent and so uh, profuse across the world. Look what the text said. And it says, and he gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. God did not hide his grace from those who live in the south, nor did he hide it from those in the west or in the east or in the north. Didn't matter if you were Canadian or Brazilian. Didn't matter if you were Russian or European. God's grace was the same grace for them as it was for us. It didn't matter if you were on the continent of Africa, amen, or you were on the continent of Australia. God's grace is still reaching. And God did not put any limitations upon his grace because his mercy endureth forever. And so as um, those who are recipients, amen, of this bountiful grace, amen, I came today to tell you to don't stop giving God thanks. Don't stop opening your mouths and don't stop lifting your hands. Don't stop shouting for joy because you have been saved. You have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. No longer can he treat you any kind of way and send you to all these dark and dirty places. No longer can he use you up and then after he's done, say to you, go somewhere and kill yourself. No, you are now with the master and you are with one that your life shall never end. You are the ones that to be absent from the body is to be present 
with the Lord. Am I talking to anybody today? To know that when you close your eyes in this place, that you will open your eyes in the bosom of Abraham. You will be with the Lord forevermore. It'll be howdy, howdy, and never goodbye. No more sickness and no more pain. No more knee surgeries. No more visits to the hospital. No more aches and pains. It'll all be over. No more struggle with sin, as Paul said in the seventh chapter of Romans. No more warring against the spirit and the flesh. No more committing this sin and committing that sin. It'll all be over. In that place where the S-O-N is always shining. In that place where we'll see grandma and granddaddy and others that we know that's gone on before us. But the greatest one we shall see is that lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And his name is Jesus. That same Jesus that we said went from judgment hall to judgment hall and they took him through six kangaroo coats. They took him from Annas to Caiaphas, from Caiaphas to the Sanhedrin, and then from the Sanhedrin to Pilate, then Pilate to Herod, and then from Herod back to Pilate again. They whipped him all night long for you and for me and they didn't even know it. They marched him down the road of red, down that bloody street to outside the walls of Jerusalem, to a place we call Golgotha's Hill and some know as Calvary. When they put those nails in his hands and they put those nails in his feet, they made a mistake, children of God, that they lifted him up. Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. The same ones from the north in this text, the same ones from the south in this text, the same ones from the east and the west, because his mercy endured forever. He was on that cross for you and me from the third to the ninth hour, and he bled and he died. His blood washed away our sins. It's the kind of blood that never loses its power. They took him down over that old rugged cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb. They buried him and our sins were buried with him. And they were cast into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. And then after a three day and three night layover, the Lord lifted him up and he got up with all power in his hand. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And the Bible says after 40 days that he went back to the Father and he's sitting on his right hand interceding for you and for me. When we don't do what the Lord has called us to do. We've got an advocate up in heaven whose name is Jesus. And he looks at the Father and said, but I died for him. Let me keep digging around that tree and let me keep 
fertilizing them. Let me keep pruning them so that they bear good fruit. And one of these days, they're going to be a wonderful production of fruit from their limbs. And, and they're going to be the kind of tree that you would like to eat from. But give them some time. Suffer with a master a little while longer. Because God is a forbearing God. But one of these days, there's going to be a trumpet sound. And the dead in Christ shall rise. And they that remain shall be caught up. Caught up, caught up in the air in that great coronation. And I want to be there and see you there too. When our bodies have been changed, no more aches and no more pains. Bodies that will never die. And in that place, we're going to say hallelujah in the by and by. We're going to say thank you, Lord. Because you're so good. We're going to be giving him praise all of our lives. Because God has been just that good to you and to me. And so let us always lift up our chocolate chip hands. And say thank you Lord. For you're worthy of all the praise. For your mercy endureth forever. God bless you and God keep you. Praise the Lord. Amen. At this time, amen, there may be somebody here today, amen, who has not gotten their business fixed with the Lord, has not built a relationship with the Lord, hasn't said, Lord, come and live in me, Lord. Lord, come live in me, Lord, and save my soul. Lord, make sure, Master, that I'm going to have my resting place with you, oh God. There might be somebody here, and we want to make sure that right now, while the blood is running warm in your veins, amen, that you get that business fixed. The Lord died for you one Friday evening and was buried and rose from the grave that you won't have to die a death of eternal damnation, but you can die and lift up your eyes and be in the bosom of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Amen. Amen. I feel like going
children of God, you got to press sometimes. I feel like pressing my way. Although trials come on every hand. Amen.